0: We're not the starters. We're not even the backups. This is the Third Stringers Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Noah Kratz, and here with me are my two favorite guys to talk sports with, Josh and Justin. What's up, guys? What's new?
1: Not there much. You know. Yeah, Not much. Just living a life. Yeah, I just worked at a youth soccer camp. So that was... Hey, a, there you go. Went about as you know as expected, as you'd think it went. <laughs> that's, how, <laughs> that's how fun it was. What was it ages? Was it rough? Uh, there was two groups. The first group was like six to eight. Or something like that, and the other group was like nine to fourteen. So yeah, really so, uh,
0: nine to fourteen.
1: Yeah, three hours, man.
0: Wow, that's a big gap there. Sure is. That is a huge gap. Yeah, it was, All right. it was interesting. All right, we got a lot to get to. Giannis clutches up in the finals, drops a 50-piece, 50, 50 piece McNugget. <laughs> 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 Went and got McNuggets the next day. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, our bounce back predictions for running backs this year in the NFL. We're going to do some better or worse uh, for NFL teams. And we got a nice question of the day and we're ending it with this day in sports history. So let's get into it. First things first. First things first. First time. First things first. First things first. first. All right. First things first, guys, we got to talk about Giannis and the NBA finals. They won it last night in six. Uh, they downed the Suns. What were your guys' thoughts last night on specifically, let's start with Giannis?
1: You know, I, as far as Giannis goes, and also kind of just the team, because I was rooting for the Suns. And if, you know, if listeners, if you listened to previous episodes, you know that I'm not a fan of the guy. So I was pretty bummed. Overall, with the result, it's definitely not what I wanted. But I would say putting my pride to the side, Giannis did play really well, and I think I think it was very clear that he he like won them the game, figuratively speaking, you know. Um, and even on top of that, also putting pride to the side, he had a good playoff run. Like he he played well the majority of the playoffs. So fair play, he's a good player, but I do still have the side of me that's bitter about it. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think it really came down to the Suns just not having someone who can stop Giannis, um, especially this last game. I thought DeAndre Ayton did such a bad job trying to stop Giannis; it was pitiful.
0: Um, yeah, it was a bad game for him.
1: Yeah, so I think, I think really that's what it comes down to is I think the Suns just. They didn't have a piece to stop Giannis, um, and yeah, it, it, it was sad for me.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of uh, relating to that, Josh. I really wanted to see the Suns win just because it felt like it was a good, a good feeling going into this. Like, oh, the Suns got this. You know, everyone's like Suns in four, whatever. Um, but yeah, Giannis played so well last night that you can't really knock him for it. And I would argue he didn't really have the greatest playoff run. I mean, he did. I mean, he did all right the first couple of rounds, but against the Nets, people were injured. He kind of didn't really step up the way they needed him to. And then against the Hawks, he got injured and his teammates kind of got him through that. So uh, he definitely deserved finals MVP because of the way he played in games uh, three through six. But like what he averaged, he got 40 points, 40 points and then 50 point game in three consecutive games. That's. Amazing! He had this past game 14 rebounds and five blocks. So hats off to him. He he dominated. And yeah, when your best defense against Giannis in the paint is Frank the Tank Kaminsky, you're not you're not you're probably not gonna win the game. And yeah. what I noticed most about the game last night or the game six was the inexperience of the Suns really shine through in that game. Like, to me, the Suns lost the game. The Bucs didn't fully win it. Giannis put the team on his back, and he did his thing. But the rest of the team really didn't do much. P.J. Tucker didn't have a point. The next highest scoring was Chris Middleton at 17. And then Bobby Portis at 16, Drew Holiday at 12, and Brooke Lopez at 10. And that's, I believe, all that scored on the team. So... Besides Giannis getting fifty, they didn't really do much. And then for the Suns, Devin Booker did not play well. I think like this past that last game was his worst game in the playoff series. It was ugly to watch. And then DeAndre Ayton just was getting bodied by Giannis. And I think a lot of it has to do with the strength and the endurance. Giannis has been putting on weight and muscle for the past four years, basically. Yeah. And DeAndre Ayton just kind of like he looked beat up and. I mean, game six of a long NBA playoffs. Like, yeah, he's this is his first time here. He's going to be tired. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's just tough because the Suns had the team, had the full team to do it. It's just they didn't have a good matchup for Giannis. And Giannis found his identity in specifically this playoff series. Yeah, he started... To find himself in the nets in the second half of the net series and then he had the injury with the hawks but he really found himself against the suns and you could say it was matchups but crowder's a good defender ayton overall is a pretty good defender he just had a bad game in game game six and that's what we're going to remember but He really dominated the paint, which is what he needed to do, and didn't take that many shots overall. He did a lot of dunks, a lot of layups, drove to the basket a lot, and that's what he needs to focus on. If he can just work on this offseason, just playing around the rim and even developing a real focus on the center position, they could be even better. If you get more shooters around him, so that he can kick it out, he can play that Jokic center spot where he's passing it off rather than going and driving it in every time. They can compete against the Nets. If they can just keep him down low, they can compete with the Nets next year. year. Which brings me to my question, do we think the Bucs will get to the finals next year? Or do we think someone else in the East, like the Nets, are going to
1: take over? Oh man. Uh, you know, it's definitely not like an unlikely thing. Like I, I think if I had to pick, um, you know, some teams out of the East, the bucks would definitely be one of my picks. And I feel like they'd, you know, it'd be most, most people would pick them. But I would say that I think, I do think that I would still give the edge to the Nets if we run it back. And I, you know, would just hope that everyone on the Nets is healthy which, I mean, I don't know with how things were going for them, I wouldn't be surprised if this team, if the Nets team can't stay healthy. But I would probably still give the edge to the Nets. But honestly, I mean, I with how Giannis was playing is was playing in the playoffs, and with how Middleton was playing in the playoffs, I I would not be surprised if the Bucks are back in the finals next year at all.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I have the Nets if they're all healthy as well, and I think. A big part with the Nets team is they need to not even learn. They just need to go into games and the mindset of, OK, let's say we only have two stars. How are we winning these games? Because they, I think they were going into this playoffs like, OK, we have full strength. We got all three of our guys. Let's go and win these games. And then Kyrie went down. James Harden was like a little shaky there, you know. So and the other guys didn't really step up as much as they needed to but my pick is still for the nets to come out of the east. I could see the nets and the bucks in the Eastern Conference finals. That would be a very highly likely scenario in my opinion. I, I don't see the 76ers getting back to there. I just think their times kind of up with the roster they currently have. And I mean, who else in the east is really competing for that spot? The Celtics? I can't yeah. see them. I can't see them yeah. beating the the bucks or the nets in a seven game series either so (laughs) to me it's definitely those two teams in the east and depending on who comes out of the west i i truly believe these two teams have a very good shot of beating any team that comes out of the west i i would agree
0: just because with a whole year of experience behind both of these teams will help them regardless and whoever comes out of the west is probably going to have a new team, like the Lakers are gonna reload. I don't think they're gonna stay the same in terms of keeping Dennis Schroeder, keeping Kyle Kuzma. I think they're gonna go after a big name star for a point guard, mm-hmm. either yeah, whether that whether that be Chris Paul or Damian Lillard or even bringing back Lonzo. Um, so we'll see, but I think that experience will top anything that the West brings.
2: Yeah, just that good team chemistry. And it and of course it's all dependent on if they're healthy. Right. And, and I do Yeah. I do I think mean, the that's Nets just, will be healthy. That's just that's just kind of that kind on of tops everything at this yeah, point. Yeah. That's true. Um another point I like to make, kind of going back to the game six and kind of into the future as well, Giannis shot amazing from the free throw line. Yeah. Hey, he doesn't if he doesn't shoot that well, if he does fifty percent they lose the game. I think it'd be close. Maybe it'd be a so, lot closer. Yeah. So, so it's stuff like that. it's like what what really what really solidifies this team as being a top tier team is they need the free throws. And then another point to that is rebounds. They out rebounded the Suns fifty three to thirty seven.
1: I was gonna say that. So, I, mean, I think
2: they beat them in every
1: stat well, so,
2: except for turnovers.
1: What I was gonna say is that because I was when I was looking at the numbers. They the sun shot forty four percent shooting the bucks were forty five so pretty even from three the sun shot twenty four percent the buck shot twenty two so again I mean that's pretty even right two percent difference and then free throws the sun shot eighty four percent and the bucks shot eighty six pretty even but the bucks shot twenty nine free throws and the sun's only shot nineteen yeah. but then like you were saying Justin like I said all those numbers are pretty similar percentage wise. And then even um, turnovers, the Bucks had four more turnovers than the Suns. Yeah. But like you said, the the Bucks had 53 rebounds, and the Suns had 37.
2: Yeah, that's just crazy. Like that that can't happen if you're going to win game. And I think that was the inexperience of the Suns right. shining through. Yeah, there was a
0: lot of momentum riding on that too. The Bucks were just a bigger team, um, so they. They were going to out rebound them, so the Suns just needed to outscore them, whether that be on the three point line or just playing better fundamental basketball, and that just didn't happen.
1: Yeah, Devin also, Booker needed to go off and he didn't. Also, I love that PJ Tucker. He, he he uh had zero points, he took one shot, missed it. He had six rebounds, one assist, one steal, one turnover. He had the best plus minus of the Bucks. With plus thirteen.
2: That's so crazy. I. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so cool to see like players like that, where it's like, why are you on the team? And then you look at the plus minus, yeah. it's like, oh, when you're on the court, for some reason we do a lot better. So.
1: And he played 36 minutes. It wasn't like it's not some like you know trick where like he played four minutes and there's something like that. He played a ton. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah and I just that's find it so crazy. That's such
0: that's such an outlier too, because just with the way that the NBA is progressing towards a score first mentality when you see that zero points everyone's going to be like oh my god and he's not going to get the respect that he deserves well pj tucker is an outlier because everybody knows his defense but if you mm-hmm. see that on a regular like a regular game with a just like a no name player and you see zero points you're going to be like oh my god he played horrible yeah and that but you, that's not the way you look at it you got to look at the the plus minus because
2: they could just be great defensively yep so, yeah, I can see the Bucks coming back into the uh, finals. I think the Nets are going to beat them out, but either way, both of these teams have a very strong chance of being champions again, or again for the Bucks, first time again for the Nets next season. All right, let's do the flip side then. What about the Suns? Where do we see them?
1: You know, I... So, because personally, I, th- I, I think if I had to pick a... a winner for next year call me crazy i think i'd still pick the lakers but i think the suns have more competition i think the west is just deeper right i don't know if chris paul what you know what he's gonna do um but i i don't i don't know a, a part of me part of me thinks that I, I should say, yes, they're going to go back because they're a young team besides Chris Paul. They have all this young talent. But then just looking at the West, it's like, you know, Kawhi was hurt for the Clippers. AD was hurt for the Lakers. Like you said, the Lakers are going to do something because I'm with you on that. Jamal Murray was hurt for the Nuggets. Klay Thompson's coming back to Golden State. So I don't know. I, I just think there's too many things in the West that are going to happen to make – some of these teams more dangerous. So if I had to say, I'd say the Suns probably won't be back.
0: Okay. I I kind of see them as a, as a Miami Heat. I see them as going to the finals once they had their shot, and they're going to be kind of a middle-of-the-pack kind of team. And I don't think Chris Ball returns. I think that, A... He'll go somewhere else, whether that be to the Lakers, which I could see because Chris Paul and LeBron are friends and he wants a ring, so I could see him going to the Lakers. And B, I think the Suns should let him walk because of what Cameron Payne specifically did in the playoffs. He learned a lot from Chris Paul and he played very well. And he's a much cheaper option than Chris Paul. So if you can sign him to like a three-year deal worth Maybe twelve, twelve million a year. That's pretty cheap compared to most of the other options that could give you a good leadership style, like Cameron Payne did when he came off the bench. So I think if they sign Cameron Payne and then look at other options and other players that they might be able to add, they might be able to make a run.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I I think Cameron Payne really stepped up this uh this kind of uh playoff series with the Bucks, and I don't know what's going to happen with Chris Paul. Part of me thinks he might retire just because Nah, but he's not going to ignore me. Ignore that side of me. <laughs> he's going to, he's coming back, but whether or not he sticks with the Suns is very questionable to me. Cause I feel like you're right. There's a lot of people thinking he might go to a big, big name team like the Lakers, wherever he might end up searching for a ring. But I feel like he doesn't want to win that way. I, Part of me feels like he like has a moral code or something where it's like, no, I got to come into a team and help them get to a championship. I can't just go in and get a ring. So part of me thinks that's his mentality. He, he tried doing it with the Thunder. I mean, kind of. He tried doing it with the Thunder. I think this was his, his full decision to do it with the Suns. And I feel like he's going to try and do that again. I don't know if he's going to go to another small team or if he's going to stay with the Suns. So if he's staying with the Suns. I I like Josh is saying I can't imagine them getting past some of these big teams that are in the West. The West is kind of just a uh, uh, you have to get lucky for a night and hope you're the second seed instead of the fifth seed for the or instead of the third seed for a matchup or something. So, every and anyone has a chance in the West because I think every team that will make the playoffs is going to be an elite team, especially compared to the East and how they're looking. So. Will the Suns make it back? Honestly, I don't think so. I think Chris Paul is either going to move on to a smaller team or retire, potentially. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't see the Suns coming back. I do think they should let Chris Paul walk, like you said, Kratz, because Cameron Payne really stepped up. And I think they can try, attempt to go for another different sort of star and try and sign someone else. And that would be a huge move for them, too, because their young core is getting more experience and they're growing older. So go for a, I, I don't, I don't know what the options are right now for this team. Cause this team, like this team hasn't been in rebuild mode at this point. So maybe, uh, I mean, we keep going back to Jared Allen just cause he's an amazing center, get a Jared Allen to help out with DeAndre Ayton and make, maybe run a big lineup with those two power forward center. That would be an interesting thing to look at or a, have an amazing backup in DeAndre Ayton split time, so no, I don't think the Suns will make it back. But I think they have some very interesting decisions to make that could potentially get them in a spot where they might get lucky. All right,
0: then let me ask you guys this, and we're gonna we're gonna finish this uh, NBA Finals segment with a blitz list. It's a new segment we got. Uh, we're just gonna throw you some uh, our top five uh, picks for who you guys think are going to win the NBA finals next year. Uh, We're going to start
2: with Justin this time. All right. So top five of who I think is going to win no matter the conference. Yep. No matter the conference. Ooh. Okay. So I'm going to be a little, not cheeky, but a little interesting with my picks. I'm not going to pick the usual suspects. Okay. Part of me is the nets. I think have a very decent chance. The Lakers, I think, have a very good chance of AD and LeBron both come back and want to be there and want to get that chip, which I think they do. Um, I think the Knicks, depending on the point guard they get in this offseason, have a very strong chance to come back or to make it further than what they did this last season. And I think they have have a lot of... Yeah, they have a lot of momentum coming off this season. I, I truly believe they get a nice point guard, whoever that may be, potentially Damian Lillard that would be so cool they I think they have a very strong chance another uh, pick for me depending on Jamal Murray coming back and how he's going to do after his injury I think the Nuggets have a decent shot I like that team I've always liked that team I love Jokic I love Jamal Murray um, and then another team from the west because the west is just so stacked right now is the Warriors, another kind of shocking pick, but not really because you can't count out Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. If both of them come back, lights out shooting as they always do, that team has a lot of potential. You have Steph, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, James Wiseman. That's a solid lineup right there. I don't know what their bench status is looking at right now. Probably not great, but you can't count those two out.
0: All right,
1: Josh, let's run through yours real quick. I gotta pick five teams that I think will win. I think number one, Los Angeles Lakers. And honestly, I say that and a part of me like doesn't believe it, but to be completely honest. But I just I just feel like I have to. I don't know why. I just feel like I have to pick I have to pick LeBron and A D. It just feels right. Two, Brooklyn Nets. Three, the Bucks. Four, I call me crazy. I don't don't know if this is crazy. Four, I would say the Nuggets. Is that surprising to either of you?
0: No, no. That's, I mean, Justin had them at four, I think, as well.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, Nuggets at four. Five. This is this is where it gets just tough, because like Justin, there's just so many good teams, and I'm, I'm sitting here like just thinking about teams in the West. five. God, see, I kind of I I kind of agree with you, Justin, on what you said about the Warriors, but it it just it also seems like not too good to be true, but it, it seems like too impossible, you know, like. For them for them to get clay back and then that same year win a championship just kinda seems too good to be true. So I think five I would have to give it to the Clippers.
0: That's fair. Okay. I
2: like that's, that pick.
0: That's yeah. I mean, actually I thought Clippers would be on both of your guys' lists, so I I was kind of shocked when I didn't
2: hear the Clippers on Justin's. I just don't have the face in the Paul George Quai duo right now. That's, I don't that's know why. totally
0: fair. That's totally fair. fair. <laughs> they looked they
2: looked better when Kawhi
0: was out, to be honest with you, yeah. which is weird and it shouldn't happen. But yeah, they did. That's upsetting <laughs> to me. All right. So number one, Nets, understandable. Yeah, it's the new big three. Number two, Lakers, uh, same mentality of LeBron, AD, and they're gonna add someone at a point guard. Number three, Warriors. I think yeah. they're really. I think they're really building that core again, I where agree. they had they had that three of Clay Thompson, Steph, and Draymond, and then they had that Ikudala back then. But now it's Andrew Wiggins, and uh, I think it was Bogut back then, and now they got James Wiseman.
1: So So side, who? I, who? So side, Sidebar: Do you guys think that Draymond can play at the same level he played at years ago? When yeah, they not were, at all. Yes. Cuz I cuz I to me that's what stops me from like 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 Justin listed the starting lineup and I'm like yeah that does sound like a really good starting lineup but I just feel like I have no faith in Draymond at
2: this point. I don't have much faith in him either but I think his defense is still pretty solid. Yep. I, and he doesn't and he doesn't need to score that's the best part because they have Andrew Wiggins now yeah. and James Wiseman is decent enough to where they're going to be focusing so heavy on Steph Clay and Wiggins that yep. James Wiseman can pick up some points
0: and that is completely based off clay coming back and being the same. how he was before and that's a lot to say because he came off of an acl and an achilles injury which are two of the worst you could possibly have he's right so, he's fine <laughs> <laughs> um number four uh i've got the bucks and then number five, I've got the Dallas Mavericks. So I think they're going to make a big move and get someone like to that. help Luca.
2: I like that. Get rid of Chris Tops, get someone else in there. God, yeah. Interesting. Get Chris yeah, he he did not pan out well on that team. He does not want to be there. Nah. I like that pick. All right, a question for you guys in terms of running back potential.
0: We had a lot of running backs underperform last year, whether that's because of injury or just uh, just. Bad, just bad plays in general, um, so who do we think is going to have a big bounce back here? let's start with josh
1: there there's two that came to mind, but the one I'm gonna go with, and this is because of injury, I'm gonna go with Austin Eckler i think I think first of all, Justin Herbert should only get better, right, and I think having a good quarterback who can throw the ball is obviously gonna help his running back. On top of that, I think because Eckler got hurt in week three, I think it was. Or we yeah, week three or four. Yeah, some sounds right. Somewhere right and there. even even before that, the season before that, when he's been healthy, he is a very good running back. Very good. And I think I think he's kind of an underrated guy. I feel like – I don't know if it's just because he doesn't talk a whole lot like to media or, or what it is. But he's not really talked about, I don't think, as being a top running back. And sure, he got hurt, so it makes sense he wasn't talked about this past season. But I don't know. I, I think just watching him play, I think he looks super talented. And I think if he can stay healthy this next year, I wouldn't be surprised if – his numbers are up there. I obviously don't think he's gonna have, you know, Christian McCaffrey numbers or Kamara numbers, but I could see his numbers being top ten running back numbers. Okay, that's fair. Uh,
0: I mean, especially with a better offensive line that they've got, uh, I think they spent their two, their first round pick and their second round pick on a lineman. So yep. it's gotta be upgraded there. Yeah. So that's a that's a good pick. Justin, what do we got?
2: Uh I have a safe pick and then I have a pick that I hope happens, but I can honestly kind of see not happening. So my safe pick is Saquon Barkley. Coming off of that injury, what, game one, game two? Um Yeah, week two. I yeah, think. week two, uh he tore his ACL, right? Yep. Um I truly believe I mean, it's Saquon. He's going to come back. He's going to perform as well as he did before, you have to assume. And maybe even not as well, he's still going to be a top 10, top 15 running back, even on the Giants. So that's that's a statement. And then the more risky pick is uh, Zeke Elliott. I I wanted him to play well last year, mostly because he was my number one pick uh, or first round pick <laughs> in the uh, fantasy football. But with the loss of uh, Dak Prescott and then Andy Dalton going down and whoever the heck was playing quarterback back there, my grandma, I don't know, (laughs) Zeke just kind of stopped doing well. And whether that's a sign of him not being as elite as most people thought he was, to me, it's just like, I feel like his heart was out of the season once they kind of knew it was over. So I... I feel like he can come back to that level if that was the reasoning, if it was just his heart was out of it. But part of me thinks like teams have him figured out now or something, something is off with him a little bit. And I'm, I'm worried he might not be as dominant as he used to be, but I do think if Dak's coming back healthy, he can have a nice season again, return to a top five, top 10 running back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Uh, Saquon's, should have a better offensive line, but we've said that in the past. Uh, but they definitely have better offensive weapons for Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones is a decent runner, so there's always the threat of him running out of the pocket and taking it out the field, hopefully not tripping over his own feet. Um, and then Zeke, you know, Dak Prescott being back. And, yeah, you're right. It was that passion that he seemed to have lost, and then Tony Pollard came in and kind of threatened him. For his job. So I think that he's going to play with a little fire under his belly. But I think the number one running back coming back is going to be Christian McCaffrey. And I say that specifically because they're going to have an upgrade in quarterback. Sam Darnold is a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. No matter what you guys say, he is a better quarterback. He was playing on the Jets. Okay, Horrible offensive line. Horrible offensive weapons. Couldn't do anything about it. So him on the Panthers will help a lot. Christian McCaffrey won't be relied upon as much. And he's always the he's always there to bail out Sam Darnold if Sam Darnold can't find someone down the field. So this is kind of a safe pick, I guess. But I really think that this is going to be the one that has a really big bounce back year. Especially for going down with an injury, I think, in also week two, I think. And then came back for one game against the Chiefs and then got hurt again.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like that pick. Um, I mean, I, I can't be mad at that at all. Yeah. I can see it. All right, let's move on to uh, Better or Worse, then. Better or Worse. Better or, better or Worse. We're going back with uh
0: more NFL teams. Um, we're going to have to pick it up because the season's not... Season starts the uh, first week of September, so we've only got a month to get through the rest of them. All right, let's go with with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence coming in. How do we think they're gonna do? We're gonna
2: go back and forth like we did before. Let's start with Jess. Uh worse. Just off the top of my head, I don't really know much of what they've done in the off season other than getting Trevor Lawrence. You can't just you can't just replace a part and hope that the machine works, you know. I think this this whole organization is flawed at to some extent, and I don't see them beating other teams. Whether or not they're improving as a football team, it doesn't matter. They're just not going to beat other teams. So I have to say they're either getting worse or staying the same. But they're they're not they're not going to beat other football teams. That's how that's just what it comes down to to me.
0: Okay. Um, should have specified. I should have told you what they went last year. What did they, went? they do? They went one and fifteen last
2: year. Okay, so yeah, they're 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 gonna stay the same, or I mean, record wise, they might pick up another game, but I if they're gonna be between n- no wins to two to three wins, and they're gonna basically be the exact same spot that they're at.
1: Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I uh, I pretty much agree. Um, I think it's kind of a tough one because like they won one game. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like I can't really say like definitively they're going to be worse, but I don't know. I mean, I, I'm going to say better just because I think they're going to win more than one game. Uh, I think Houston probably won't be as good as they were last year, which wasn't very good, but I'm going to say Jacksonville wins three games, maybe four. Three or four games. I can't decide which one. So I'm going to say better, but they're still going to not be very good. Okay.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm kind of around that same range. I think they're going to win about four games just with the extended schedule of 17 games. Um, But yeah, I think we're all on the same page that Trevor Lawrence is going to be okay. Uh, But there's going to be some growing pains with this team, especially with a whole new coach, a whole new system. Uh, And you can't just fix that in one year. All right, moving on. Let's go to the Cincinnati Bengals. They went 4-11-1. I hate that you can end in a tie. Um, Joe Burrow went down about halfway through the year, about two-thirds of the way through the year. Uh, but this team's offense looked promising at the beginning of the year. Uh, so what do we think, better or worse?
1: You know, I, uh, I think this is a tough one for me because the AFC North – is pre-stacked, like holy cow! So you know, the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers. Um, I'm gonna say, God, this is a tough one. I'm gonna say that they will be better. Um, I kind of feel feel pretty similar to this one compared to the Jaguars. I think they had such a, you know, they had such a bad season that it's hard to say worse. Um, but I, I could see Cincinnati winning five or six games. So I'll, I'll say better, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they can only win four games next season too.
2: Um, I'm going to go a little more hopeful on the Bengals just cause I like Joe Burrow. Um, I think they're going to get better. The, uh, pickup of Jamar Chase, I think was huge for them cause they have that LSU connection. And they need that big play uh, player basically on the team. So I'm saying they get a little bit better. You're right; they are in a nice uh, division, so it's gonna be tough for them. But I think they go 500, or I guess because 17 games, they're either one or one above, one below 500.
0: Okay, that uh, that give or take of yeah, o- over under, over under one. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I. Th- I don't think they're going to do that well, but I think they're going to be significantly better. They're going to be in a lot more games. It's not just going to be blowouts. Um, I think Joe Burrow is actually going to have to compete in some late game scenarios because their defense got a little bit better. I think they go six and 11. I think they win two more games. Um, Moving on to the Jets. Jets, 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 (laughs)
1: J-E-T-S, (laughs) J-E-T-S.
0: Terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, they went 2-14 and 14 last year Not much else to say Adam Gase is gone, thank god uh, Better or worse, guys
2: uh, I can start this one off I think they're going to be Slightly better um, They Drafted who was Zach Wilson yep. So he could potentially Be decent At a quarterback spot, I don't know, Sam Darnold Kind of He didn't really get a fair shot because he's on the Jets. So Zach Wilson might not get a fair shot because he's on the Jets now. So who knows what's going to happen with that? (laughs) Um, I feel like they have to get a little bit better just because, I don't know, maybe they'll stop doing that stupid chant and win a couple (laughs) more games. Uh, Their coaching, I mean, can't get much worse. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give them a little bit, maybe an extra game, a little bit better they are they go, I mean, they're the Jets. They're gonna stay towards the bottom of the rankings just because there's better teams out there with a lot more talent, but a little bit better. Okay.
1: Yeah, I—I uh, <clears throat> think looking at this team's roster, holy cow, they suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I know they only won two games, but I am—I <laughs> want to say that they either stay the same or get worse. I just think that this team is an absolute mess. <laughs> just looking at their lineup, it's like like I, I just don't know how I say they win more than two games just looking at their lineup. So I'm gonna say they either win two games again or or they you know, they pull a Jacksonville and they win one game.
0: Wow. Okay. Um I think they get slightly better. I think they win three or four just because of the coaching change. Uh, Adam Gase was horrible. He's always going to be horrible. Look what Tannehill has done now that he's on the Titans. And give a lot of credit to Derrick Henry. But, I mean, you got to give credit to Tannehill as well. He was just in a bad system in Miami with Adam Gase. And, like, look at Le'Veon Bell when he was with New York. Bad things happen when you have Adam Gase as your coach. So I think they get slightly better. I think they go I think they go four. I think they get four wins. They go four and thirteen. All right. Moving on to our final one for today, the Denver Broncos. They went five and eleven last year in a tough division with the Chiefs, Raiders, and Chargers. Uh better or
1: worse. Denver Broncos. I'm gonna go. God, this is kind of a tough one for me. Um, they went five and eleven. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that they do worse. Okay. I I don't I, I don't want to say that they're not gonna have a Jacksonville season. I I definitely think they're gonna win more than one game. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they if they stay the same and win five. But I think they're gonna have somewhere between between four and maybe six, but I think it's more likely they get four. I'm going to say maybe a little bit worse or stay the same for the Broncos.
2: Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I think I'm going to go a little bit worse just because I feel like other teams are improving and they're kind of stagnant. So this team isn't growing. This team isn't doing much. I mean, did, did they get Teddy Bridgewater? Yes. Yes. So that's an upgrade, but I mean, what else is on this team? That can help them out. So I think they're gonna get slightly worse. I think they're gonna go what, three and fourteen, four and thirteen. Okay. Uh, they're just they're not gonna they're not gonna do well in that conference. They're not gonna do well against other teams. They're just not an elite team.
1: Okay.
0: Um, I think their record's gonna be about the same. I think they'll go six and eleven. Uh, but I do think they'll be third in their division because I think the Raiders are going to do worse. Um, yeah, I think they go 6-11. Their defense is pretty good. Uh, they just didn't really fix their quarterback issue. Teddy Bridgewater isn't much of an upgrade to
2: Drew Locke. Drew Locke. I mean, I would say he's a lot better than Drew Locke in my See, opinion. I'm just not a Teddy Bridgewater believer. That's fair. I mean, he he hasn't really
0: definitely, shown much. He's definitely more intelligent with the ball, but just his skill set and just his ability to throw the ball, I think Drew Locke and him are pretty comparable.
2: Mm, I disagree, but that's fair. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't proved anything. He needs to prove something. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so
0: that wraps up better or worse for today. Let's move on to the question of the day. All right, it goes around a lot of what happened. In the NBA Finals, uh, NBA Playoffs in general, and baseball. So I watched a video clip of a bunt that was bunted down the third baseline, all right, of this Mets and Pirates game. And the Mets pitcher tried to keep it foul by touching it in when it was outside the lines. So that it would be fouled. The home plate umpire called it fair. And because the ball went into the dugout. Three people scored because it was bases loaded. The Mets. Manager came out. And proceeded to absolutely destroy the home plate umpire. By screaming at him. If you guys want a funny laugh. Go watch it on YouTube. Um, But. This is just a stupid thing about instant replay for me, that some things are reviewable and some things aren't. So my question of the day is, has instant replay turned into a negative effect for sports? Let's start with Josh.
1: You know, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts on this, Um, so I'll try to keep it condensed. I would say I, I kind of have two thoughts, and they're very separate. So I'm going to tell them separately. So my first thought is that – and when I say thought, I mean it's kind of like I haven't decided this, but it, it's you know it's something I'm putting out there and kind of just talking it out to see what you guys think, see what I think after I say it. But a part of me feels like it could depend on the sport. Um, and I say that because – I feel like my expectations for what I want when I watch a sport are different based on what I'm watching. So if I'm watching, you know, which I wouldn't because I don't like the sport, but if I'm watching baseball, right, I, I don't expect baseball to be fast-paced, right? So if there's a five-minute stoppage for instant replay – I wouldn't really care that much. Like I wouldn't have the urge of like, all right, let's get back to the game, you know? But if I'm watching a sport like soccer where it's more, there's, you know, it's more fast paced. I get kind of annoyed if there's an, if there's a a replay that's taking five minutes and it's just like, all right, let's, let's play the game. Basketball is kind of in between. Um, I see that a little bit more as a, as a fast paced sport that I don't want stops. But then the other side of it's like there's so many timeouts where it's like is it I don't know. So part of me feels like it's it's per sport basis. Okay. So and and that's because I feel like a lot of people they don't like instant replay because it stops the game, right? That's a lot of people's arguments or why they don't like it. Right. It hurts. It hurts momentum. Right. The other side of not even the other side of but my other opinion on it is if. I feel like it kind of comes down to what you want in a sport. I think, personally, I am okay with sports not being completely fair in terms of, you know, if, if the ref makes a bad call, not even a bad call, or it's just an impossible call, because those happen, right? And you don't get to look at a replay And so maybe one team gets the ball and they shouldn't. Personally, I'm okay with that because I feel like realistically that can happen to either team. Like the chances of it happening for either team are the same. But then the other side of it is, do you want sports to be completely fair? You know what I mean? Where it's like, do you want it to be – there's no wild card of – of a bad call or something like that. So I, I don't know. Personally, I think that I don't like instant replay, not a fan of it. I, I think I'm, I'm okay with, with teams, you know, not, not having it be fair in situations, but honestly, I can see both sides and I don't think, I don't think I could pick which side I think is right. But personally, I, I don't like instant replay.
2: Okay. That's fair. Um, so my view on it is kind of similar in that it it depends, but not on a per sport, more of a uh, the type of call it is. So my initial thought on this is I per how instant replay is right now in most major sports, I do not like. I think it hurts sports. My issue with it is why is it taking all three lip, all three refs or all three umpires or whatever going over to a monitor staring at the monitor for four minutes like oh is this it is this it looking at every freaking angle to come up with the conclusion that i made in 30 seconds sitting on the couch yep so that's my biggest issue with instant replay right now and i feel like so many people kind of have that same feeling they just haven't expressed it yet even in media and Players in general, even even refs have that thought, too. Why isn't there someone just sitting in a, a booth somewhere watching the game live or like through a, a monitor or something? And then when something happens, play the same replays that you're showing everyone else at home and uh, every TV station that it's being played on. Show the same replays and that person makes a decision. It can take a, all of one minute. So. That's what irks me the most about instant replay. I think right now, as the format is in right now, it is negative. I think it's dumb that you can only challenge certain things at certain times. You only get one challenge or two challenges, a quarter, a half, whatever. So I get it. You can't really nitpick every single play all the time. But if you have a ref or a, a specific position for someone to be in to just be reviewing plays as they're happening... And just give like an extra 10 seconds for them to decide on something or call down to the person and be like, hey, that was a foul or yeah, his foot was on the line. It was out. You made a good call or no overturn that. Then I, I feel like that would make things so much easier and so much more enjoyable as a viewer because one, it make calls much more like efficient because you're not spending seven minutes debating on whether his foot was on the line when everyone can easily see his foot was on the line. Mm-hmm and then two it makes the uh the calls more accurate so it kind of gives that fairness that you were talking about josh where it's like to me a sport i'm i've more i'm more in favor of the sport needs to be fair for it to be respected as a game like i get that there's human error but now that we have the technology why are we even questioning it like for me The whole uh, lining of the football on the field and what spot did it go down in? Just put a tracker in the football somehow and then monitor it in like GPS location. I feel like this is stuff that can be happening very easily with the technology we have. And they're just not doing it. So that's my rant on how I don't like instant Replay right now. It could easily be fixed with a, a year of just developing technology and implementing it. And I really think sport teams should do that. Sports organizations should do that.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a broken system. It's horrible how they're doing it right now. Let's look back at the Saints and Rams NFC, yeah NFC Championship game, when the pass interference call on or the no call on the pass <laughs> that interference was
2: so that was so stupid. It's like
0: clear as day. Yeah, anyone in the audience. Could see that without even having to go to instant replay. So, it, instant replay was created to fix things that were major, like major calls that were totally wrong. For example, the perfect game for the Tigers pitcher where he was out by two steps. Yeah. And they called him safe. I remember That's a that. Perfect example. And, but to be honest with you, it's more famous now because it wasn't a perfect game when it should have been than if it was a perfect game. But not the point. What I mean is instant replay should be viewed how soccer has been doing it in the past. How how, how
1: many years, years is that, Josh? One? Is it just one year now? Yeah, it might be. It might be close to two. I can't remember exactly when I did it, but it's yeah, it's been like a year or two. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they
0: take 30 seconds to go view Yeah, it's a little different because it's really only used for, like, offsides, but it takes 30 seconds. If you can't see that a call needs to be overturned in 30 seconds, keep it the same and move on. Love that. Because, yeah, people will go over and analyze it after the game, but in the game, it keeps the momentum going, and there won't be any issues with people stalling or it taking too long and you can just move on with the game.
1: Yeah. And also like kind of like, like Justin was saying um, and I know tennis is another sport that kind of does it too. Although I don't, I don't know fully how it works with tennis. I think it, tennis, it might be more so like just how they show people on TV, but soccer too. Like, um, the offsides and then also if they're checking to see if if the ball crossed the goal like the goal the goal line to score um the monitors that the refs look at and stuff they have technology that shows like it makes lines and it shows right. them like if they're offside or if it was in yeah so kind of like you were saying they have technology too, to help the officials so that it's not just their like like their naked eye like looking at it and just like mm-hmm. trying to see what happened like they have technology to help too
0: Right. And a good example of that is baseball, which could be used Mm -hmm. like technology could be used a lot in baseball. And it's just not because it's a very traditional sport and they don't like to make changes very often. Now, a dumb argument to me. But yeah, yeah. oh, absolutely is. But basketball and football, there's a lot more moving parts and I get it. But just take the 30 seconds or even a minute. If you want to take a minute, go for it. But these five minute reviews kill the game and kill the experience
2: i completely agree I, I, it's and to me it's just a marketing promotional thing like oh we can throw in some more ads while we're discussing yeah, the, the i wouldn't be shocked <laughs> that, that's I, probably what wouldn't it be is. Shocked, which is dumb to me because you can still do that in a minute or 30 seconds i mean obviously you would have to charge less for that that advertisement spot but if you this
0: have replay more... plays brought to you by Jack Link's Beef Jerky. Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, it's or also like, just dumb because in basketball there's already so many damn timeouts that like,
2: exactly, don't have
1: enough ads yeah. already. <laughs> yeah, like, it wasn't created to see. Oh my God,
0: did it graze his finger? No, it was not. I just agree. Just keep it the
2: call on the court and move on. Yeah, and I think a lot of fans kind of feel the same way. I, I feel like we're not in the minority here, saying no. like. Just get a good system in place. Get the technology that you need. And if you miss a couple calls, that's fine. You already missed a ton anyway. Like fan- It's not going to upset fans if you have better systems and miss less. Like You're still missing some. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know if that made sense, but it, I just, mean. it irks uh, me. It irks me so much because I know for a fact they have so much better technology that they can be using and they don't use it like it, it it makes me so annoyed when someone reaches their arm out to put the football across the goal line for a touchdown or if they're in a pile a huge pile in the middle and you don't know if he fully extended to go get the touchdown or get the first down and they're like oh we'll just put it here it's like what <laughs> <Total> <laughs> me? Yes. we just put Total it here yes. and then and then they they're always showing that angle uh like uh it's, like, up to, and to the left, so it's angled backwards, so you don't know the exact spot where he's at. And it's like, yeah. oh, he kind of looks like he did it. But then if you go from, like straight on from the side, it's like, oh, he wasn't even close. He was off by, like, four inches. It's like, why would you even show that angle? Why would you do that <laughs> to the fans? Like, do do the the most efficient stuff and get it over with. Just get get the right call and get it over with. Why are we sitting here contemplating?
0: Yeah, it's it's a broken system that needs to be fixed. I agree. All right. Let's move on to this day in sports history.
2: On this day in sports history. Take it away, Jason. Woo. Okay. So this day in sports history in 1957, going back a few years, we had the first African-American human being, let alone woman, to win a major U.S. tennis tournament. Her name is Althea Gibson. Let me look up the tournament she won. I think it was Wimbledon. One second. What a woman!
1: What a woman!
2: Good job. Um. Here. Yeah, she was the she was the first African American female player to win a Wimbledon title. She ended up winning seven Grand Slam women's singles titles. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Great player. Off and back. I just think that's crazy. 1957.
1: Yeah, that's nuts. Jackie Robinson of tennis.
2: True. Honestly, it's. It was
0: probably about the same time period as that. When did Jackie Robinson play? That was, I think, late 40s, early 50s. It
1: was around the same time, I think. For you.
0: Yeah. It's crazy yeah. to think that all these sports had, like, were going on back then. I don't know. I just don't think of it like that. Even I, like, I, I feel that. Even, like, baseball or, like, even basketball. I'm just, like. Wow, the game's changed so much. I don't even know if that like if that even counts anymore. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Because just the game is so different.
2: I've been reading things about like who's the best player right now, Giannis or LeBron, whatever. And then a lot of people are talking about like it's gotta be generational. You can't compare LeBron James to Kareem Abdul Jabbar. You just exactly. can't. It's it's like, yeah. a, a completely different game. Or like Bill Russell. And also another point to that where it's like it doesn't even feel real. It's like we know the greats. We know Bill Russell. We know Wilt Chamberlain. Who the heck did they play? Who was on their team? <laughs> like what? I don't know anything about their team. They could have been playing a bunch of me out there. And like, <laughs> but I don't know. And it's just cool to think about like that was a whole different world. They had like milk was 25 cents for a gallon, <laughs> like a whole different world. Yeah. And that's just so cool to me. Yeah, oh. it is really nuts to think about. It's crazy what this day in sports history brings up.
1: Exactly.
2: Another <laughs> 25 part of cents. it. Exactly. Another part of it too is so she's the first African American woman to win a just African American in general to win a major tennis, uh, champion championship, whatever it's called, tournament. Um, what was happening before that point? Like, at what point did African American people start playing tennis?
1: Well mean, that's not sure. Sure. That's what's interesting is like and what to me makes it more impressive is that like like I don't how do I want to word this? Like it was definitely not normal or accepted for African Americans African Americans to play tennis, let alone women to play tennis. Yeah. Like right. well before like a white female. So like the people she beat you know what I mean? Like yeah, their parents, or yeah. like oh, yeah. they probably started younger. Like they grew up with their parents playing.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that is really cool. And then, like, the, kind of like going to baseball with the the Negro leagues. Like, you had baseball players playing on those teams that are considered would have been considered the greatest of all time, if they were. Unfortunately, they weren't. But if they were in the MLB, they'd be considered legends. Yeah.
1: Right.
2: So it's it's just tough to like see that looking back and like wow like why yeah it
0: would have been a whole <laughs> yeah. different whole different wow. game yeah all right well that's all we got for you today if you like the content make sure you like comment and subscribe and follow us on all the major social media outlooks including tiktok see you guys next week
2: adios five four three
1: two one zero all engine running off. we have a lift